0: really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello guys, happy Monday. I hope you're enjoying not only retrograde but <laughs> it is now scorpio season and it is halloween week so get ready for all the spooky shit to go down um which excites me because i like this stuff and so hopefully uh you've already submitted your spooky story for a halloween episode that's airing on thursday so there's still time uh, we got about two more days to take submissions, so don't forget to do that. I realize that Anchor makes you sign in or something in order to leave a message, so if you don't want to do that, go hit me up on Instagram and leave me a voice message over there, and we'll be able to uh, pull that from Instagram and put it on our show as well. So um, those are the fun housekeeping things we have this week. Um, we're going to go to our listener question The question she submitted, the audio is not very good. So I'm just going to tell you what she said. Her name is Raina. And she asked, um, you know, what do you do when you feel like you've essentially fallen off your awakening horse? Um, The way that she put it was that, you know, like you are kind of like experiencing all these things and having this like very connected experience. And then suddenly it doesn't feel like you're on it anymore. Or you can't reach it anymore, and I guess my answer to that is, is that if we're talking in energy or in vibrations, then at some point you get used to that higher resonance, and it doesn't feel so mysterious to you anymore. It becomes kind of normal. So I don't think necessarily. I mean, sometimes people can completely fall off and be like, "I'm not in touch with myself right now," and it's difficult for the them to get back in tune, but. Sometimes I think you just get used to that vibration and it doesn't feel like you're high anymore. You know, (laughs) it's almost like your tolerance has gone up for that particular type of energy. So you're not necessarily feeling that, that connection being as potent or powerful because it's just something you're used to now. And that's something I experienced. Like, um, I remember before when I would do my readings that I would need to meditate for a long time beforehand and I would need to use all extra crystals and everything. And now it's like, I mean, I don't need any time at all to be able to tap into that frequency and something about it doesn't feel mystical anymore. It's just normal to my life or my vibration. So that's a consideration to make. It's also something to look introspectively into and say, what is it you're exactly looking for? Because the awakening process is an opening of that soul introspective experience about what it is that you want to remember. And if you are in the process of remembering that and, or have remembered it, then ta-da! <laughs> that's the exciting thing. So there is more process and progress to that, but it might not feel as crazy as your first experience. Um, it's kind of, I, I hate to liken it to this, but it's like the first time you get high, <laughs> but it's, it is that you may be in that process of feeling like you're chasing that high again, when in reality, you've gotten used to that particular vibration. So it's going to feel more normal to you. So just something to consider as far as checking how you feel about that. And hopefully that answers your question. Let's get on with the episode. <laughs> Kelly Knight and her partner, Brandon owned the modern mystic shop, a beautiful metaphysical store located in Atlanta, Georgia. Kelly is a renowned tarot reader and the host of the Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop podcast. She has been featured in Goop, Nylon, She's Next, Empowered by Visa, and the Atlanta Business Chronicle 40s Under 40 list. Together, they aim to make mysticism mainstream by sharing ancient spiritual knowledge applied to the modern day person. After gaining quite a following on her Modern Mystic Instagram page, Kelly Knight set up a shop in a brick and mortar space where she leads people on their spiritual journeys to learn about the deeper aspects of themselves. Through tarot card readings, crystal work, and energy healing, she seeks truth and transformation. Modern Mystic provides tarot readings, energy work classes, as well as a selection of mystical tools, crystals, and apothecary products for purchase. Her philosophy is to make Mystic mainstream. She wants to create a space for all types of people to feel comfortable exploring and learning about the deeper aspects of themselves through all things mystical, and she also believes that everyone has their own intuition that will not lead them astray. Most notably, she's come out with a new book called Spells for the Modern Mystic, a ritual guidebook and spellcasting kit that provides very real practical spells to use for your modern day life. Stay tuned on how you can get your own free copy through our Instagram giveaway. And please welcome Kelly to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Ali Lovely. And today we're speaking to Kelly Knight, who is the owner of the Modern Mystic Shop and the new upcoming book Spells for the Modern Mystic, or actually it's out right now, the Ritual mm-hmm. Guidebook. So say hey to everybody. Hi guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so, so much for being on. It's nice to have another Midwestern girl. I hear you from Georgia, right? Yes. I'm yeah. in I mean- <laughs> I consider myself,
1: I think I'm Southern. I'm like Southern. a Southern. <laughs> I feel like I was born in the North and I live now in Atlanta. So maybe like a meld makes me Midwestern. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess Georgia is Southern. I think of like, I think some my, some of my families lived there for a while. So I always consider them kind of Midwest, but yeah, I guess yeah. It's more Southern. And then people from the North consider us Southern. And I was like, I don't sound Southern, but then I hear myself say the occasional y'all. So oh, I Texas say y'all out. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely do. Well, cool, cool. Well, I'm excited because today we're going to get into witches and like, happy Halloween, guys. Um, yes. It's it's like uh, it was my favorite holiday, mostly because when we were uh, growing up, like we were not allowed to do Halloween, mm-hmm. um, like witches were bad and all the hell, sure. you know, like all that kind of stuff was like not allowed. Um, so now it's something that I'm super into. And at some point, one medium told me, um, oh yeah, in a past life, you were like a, a witch that you know, dug into really dark magic and it burned you really badly. And I was like, oh, which may be why I have some kind of reservation around spell work and stuff like that. So we can get into that a little bit, but before we dive in, Mm -hmm. can you please give people just kind of a snippet of who you are, what brought you to this journey um, as a witch and, and all the other fun things that you're doing with your life right now?
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, my name is Kelly and I own Modern Mystic Shop in Atlanta. And so my purpose with that business, we have a brick and mortar and e-commerce presence is to really take some of these more mystical and metaphysical tools uh, and experiences mainstream. I'm trying to sort of demystify mysticism because I do feel like we're in an era where uh, an era of self-initiation, an era where everyone has access to everything. And I think mm. it's really great to uh, rem- help, help people remember how to engage with some of these more these elements. Um, how I got here, I mean, the, the shortest version is, I think a lot of us found ourselves like unhappy. I checked all of the boxes. I, you know, went to college, had the job, a really good job, had the man, had the I bought my own condo at a young age and all the trappings of a successful life, but I felt really hollow. And I realized that in my early twenties that I kind of built a life that would make my parents proud, but didn't really resonate with me. And so I went on this track just to see what's out there and this sort of spiritual quest of healing. Um, And then that led me to really having a pretty profound psychic awakening, learning things like a, a, the reunion process, which is the healing modality I do, tarot, I'm a psychic medium. And then later down the down the way through my husband who co-authored the book with me, Ritual Magic. And so it was really the self-exploration uh, that led me here. And the more healing I did and the more clear I got and the more I could get in touch with my intuition and power, the more, uh, I felt I was enriched in my life and the more I was able to make decisions that resonated with me and my spirit. And so I feel called to share this far and wide because I use these practices to transform my life and
0: they're available for everyone. I'm not special. Mm-hmm. So, like, before we get into all the transformational yeah. things that have happened in, into your life, because I've heard it's quite it's quite a story. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about what it means to be a witch, because yeah. being a witch or you know or identifying as a witch has a lot of cultural stigma to it, at least yes. in North America. So, can you give us just like kind of a snippet of history of um, you know, kind of, I mean, most people may know, but like, why, why is it so like taboo, you know, if to, to call yourself a witch or, uh, to identify with such a name?
1: Well, because women were prosecuted for being accused of being a witch in, I believe it's around the 1600s or the late 1600s here in the United States. And I know that this happened in the UK and all over really. And here's what I believe. I believe that, um, women in particular that has, has access and deep access to their intuition and their power and mother nature and the earth. And I believe that the men at the time did not want women accessing those sorts of things and and being empowered. And I believe that uh, there are people high up uh, through time, men who use these occult practices to further themselves, um, and so they know just like I do that this stuff works, and so to to lock women away from it, to uh, kill them, is what mm-hmm. happened. Uh, was a way to sort of discontinue the lineage of of this connection to the earth, to spirit, to themselves, and. You know even as recent i 'm sure it 's even more recent, but like Ronald Reagan, for instance, his wife um used astrology you know mm-hmm. like that yeah. I mean these are powerful you know to help consult him, so these are like quote unquote powerful men in our country that use the same sort of things that quote unquote witches would use mm-hmm. um so that 's kind of my theory on yeah. how and why it happened, and so even claiming the word witch is controversial now because some witches or people that are into this sort of thing still think it's a name that the patriarchy bestowed upon these huh. practices, these women, right? And so there's a, there's a sect of us, like me, that are like, well, I'm gonna reclaim it for myself. Like, I'm okay. going to identify. Um, because there are a lot of people, like in my lineage, I'm pretty sure that a lot of my ancestors from Italy were into, quote unquote, witchy stuff, or Stregas, but they would not call themselves witches Mm -hmm. because um, they still identified as Catholic. And so there's like Mm. this Christian mysticism. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty intense and very layered. And I think that what I've learned is that only you can identify yourself as a witch or not. And for me, it took a long time because um, at first I thought that, oh, this is a misconception that all witches are Wiccan. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm not Wiccan. And so I didn't want to claim myself as a witch. Uh, What's because the difference? A uh, Wiccan, it's more of, um, like, a, like they would consider that kind of like a religion, like oh, a religious okay. practice, right? So mm-hmm. they celebrate these holidays and then they identify as it's sort of more like, um, I don't know if they would say it's a religion but it, it I think so. Yeah. And I didn't want to say I'm a witch and like be disrespectful to a religion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So I had to kind of go through that. I had to go up through my fear of my Catholic upbringing which taught me that if it's not Jesus it's Satan. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um it's evil mm-hmm. and all of these things that I think a lot of people go through, especially if you're raised with some sort of Abrahamic religious tradition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. You said that, uh, about the, you know, the powerful men, we, when we think about even like the Illuminati or something like yeah, that, like sure. very scary, occult kind of group or whatever that is advancing themselves towards the elite. Um, they're using these practices. I know that the people who are really into that rabbit hole talk about how like, Um, you know, they do blood sacrifices, sure, all kinds. I mean, maybe like even creepier stuff that's like child pedophilia, things like that, that we see kind of in the news or whatever, which we would not consider to be in the same. (laughs) That's a whole nother, like, other things. But no, um, no. but you're right. I was talking to somebody, um, we're doing an interview can't remember, but we were talking about like going back into indigenous practices and we Mm -hmm. were saying how like colonialism, especially with the spread of Christianity has taken away the practices of indigenous people, not just people of color, but also indigenous yes. white people. They yes. had their own practices before, <laughs> um, yes. you know, the, the, the church kind of came along and said, you have to do this one or this one, what you've been doing for, you know, millennia is not acceptable anymore. And so Scandinavian witches and, you know, like all the different, um, more, I guess, Nordic or traditions, anybody, whatever, doesn't matter. European. Sure. Um, had their own practices beforehand that were serving them just fine.
1: <laughs> and that's a hundred percent true. And I really realized that when I started studying, cause I, I was sensitive to cultural appropriation when it came to like my spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, so I was curious about my heritage personally. And so right. my background is Hungarian, Irish and Italian, but I mostly resonate with my inher- uh, Italian heritage. And so I started studying Italian witchcraft and, um, I remember during that process getting really sad because it's like how this even wasn't that long ago yeah. that these practices were more regular. And here I am now having no idea, almost 40 years old, you know, well, that time mm-hmm. I was younger, but that this was part of my culture. And uh, actually reading through some of the books and seeing how I was doing these rituals already intuitively yeah. it was yeah. super validating mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, every, when, when, it's a disservice to everyone when you whitewash everything, including Mm -hmm. to white people. (laughs) I I mean, it it, it really, because you're, everyone's homogenized and Mm -hmm. you lose your roots. And I think that's, what's so beautiful about these ritual practices is that you actually get with a lot of the work that we recommend. You get in touch with your ancestors. Mm -hmm. You get in touch with your innate power. You get in touch with the elements and the directions and the planets, these cosmic forces Um, and they're transformational.
0: Yeah. It's really beautiful too. Cause I I started, I watched a documentary talking about how, which is the origin of like how even, you know, these kind of traditions came up, became around their cycle and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're them collecting around the time that they bleed and like going with the moon and, you know, um, you know, utilizing crystals and, and spices and sages and all kinds of stuff to come together in like this circle and to, you know, form this sisterhood, if you will. Mm. And in that, I mean, they made something incredibly beautiful, um, really terrible and scary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, yes, like, it's the power thing. Right, right, right. Um, okay. So fast forward, we are in yeah. 2020 and still, um, are we still here? We still here? <laughs> yeah. still wake up. Miss. All right. <laughs> um, so now, like that, we're in this place where we've kind of reclaimed these old origins and these old traditions and stuff. What does it mean to you to be a modern mystic?
1: To me, it's actually taking some of these ancient practices and incorporating them into 2020 and, and making them really practical um, and integrating them into my daily life and my daily routine. I think that a lot of people, when they start, Remembering, I think it's really what we're doing. Remembering how their ancestors probably use some of these practices, they still feel separate. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I've got my mystical side that mm-hmm. I won't tell anyone that I'm pulling tarot cards and <laughs> you know, um, doing ritual on the on the new moon. And then they have their like, you know, uh, identity that goes to work or that is in front of their family. To me, uh, working towards being a modern mystic is integrating your, mm-hmm. your spiritual practices and beliefs into all aspects of your life, um, in, in modern, in the modern
0: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. Cause I see how like a lot of like energy healers and, and Reiki artists and, um, crystal healers and things like that. Like people always kind of separate those things from witches. And, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting cause I heard you talk about that on an interview at some point cause you were like, I identified more as an energy healer mm-hmm. and then coming to the time to the term, witch and trying to like integrate the two. Um, I think like that in, in that right, like would someone have to classify themselves as a witch or like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not, but like there, it seems like there's no real category. Yeah. That's what's so great. Like, yeah.
1: You get to decide how you identify, and you could do spells and use ritual and have altars and not identify as anything mm-hmm. and I think that's what's so beautiful about this new age that we 're in where um we're learning through like uh, the acceptance of even sexual orientation or mm-hmm. you know how you identify racially like mm-hmm. everything is so fluid and dynamic and complex that that like, you get to decide when it serves you and when it doesn't or what what resonates. And Mm -hmm. I think that's empowering in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, can men be witches? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) I'm married to one. I'm married (laughs) to one. Yeah. And I think it's even cooler in a way because it, in order for a man to adopt that archetype, they have to get a sense of rightness with their inner feminine. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it's even, I think it's so incredible to actually, um, witness a man be comfortable with that. Say, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a witch. And it doesn't have to look like a woman or
0: an old woman, whatever the (laughs) archetype is from like Snow White or whatever. Like the no warts and bumps and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The (laughs) cloaks. So, okay. So you said that, that your first, um, or maybe I misinterpreted that you started working with, um, Union Magic. Oh, it's called, oh, um, it's called the reunion process. Reunion so, process. Yes. Yeah, so,
1: so this is a healing modality that I learned probably 10 or 12 years ago. Not a lot of people use it. It's, it's not really well known. The, the man who invented it named Peter Schupman lives in Atlanta. So that's how I came into contact with it. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, basically uses muscle testing. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar? Like your body yeah. can do. Yeah. So it uses muscle testing. Tell to our listeners.
0: To- they might not know what that is.
1: So your, your body is able to give you feedback in a binary system, yes, no, or in this case, we call it strength or weakness. Mm-hmm. And so um, as a practitioner of the reunion process, I would move with a client and use muscle testing this yes, no to guide me through this giant book. It's sitting on my desk. It's like this thick of forces or human experiences or stuck energies. And it helps me identify where it came from, where it is. So whether it's in your physical body, your chakra system, your org field and the exact resonance, um, or way to facilitate or clear that. And, uh, it transformed my life. Uh, I, when I was learning, it's a process that takes about a year and a half to get, took me a year and a half to get certified. I did a session on myself every day for that time, really working on my paternal lineage because the seed source is usually gonna be a trauma in this life, mm. uh, an ancestral trauma that's inherited or a past life. Um, and it completely transformed my relationship with my father and uh, I could, feel, I was just feeling more and more free. And so now I was doing one-on-one work, but now what I do is every new and full moon, I do what I call the nation session, where I use this modality to do a healing on behalf of the group. And I pull cards, I have the focus and the intention, and then I act as the surrogate and I move the energy uh, and clear the energy. And then I send after uh, the recording to the, the people who have subscribed that I give the, the story of the session. So here's what came up. Here's how it relates. And then the guided facilitations, which are usually, they sound like guided meditations, but mm-hmm. the facilitation is when you're actually actively working to transmute or alchemize the energy. Mm. Um, I'm probably the only person on the planet that is using this modality for group work. Mm. Um, but it works and it's really cool.
0: And I get a lot of satisfaction out of the work we're doing with it. So you use the muscle testing to Mm -hmm. determine where the trauma is. Yeah. So
1: yeah, let's see if I can pull it out of my thing just to show you. Oh, I can't grab it, but it's Mm -hmm. basically the book is broken up into, it's like hundreds of pages and it takes you to what we call files. So I'll do the muscle testing and it'll say, um, go to the fourth quadrant the seventh file. And then that'll tell me something and then it'll tell me where to go.
0: Right. I don't know what a motion code is. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I've heard of something like that, where they do the muscle testing that has the quadrant system that kind of locates where you're holding something in your body.
1: Yeah. So it might be similar. Um, Mm -hmm. except what this system does is it, uh, I'm pulling all, I'm doing the testing that tells me the story. So I'll hit a force and it'll say like, um, you know, a you know, feeling trapped under a suppressive force that makes you feel worthless. Oh. <laughs> like really it'll say, and then it'll take me to the next and to the next until I get the indication that we need to do a clearing. And so it weaves a beautiful story. So when I give you the recap, it almost sounds like a reading.
0: Wow. And
1: all of the stuff that comes up is usually pretty negative because we're actually going for, I call myself an energetic trash collector. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to extract yeah. the gunk yeah. and clear clear it out for
0: you. Wow. And you do that for a group.
1: Yeah. So I do it for a group, which is so cool. Um, and we have a subscription. So it's, and what I I have found as a practitioner, uh, I love working with the same people over and over again. Mm. And so I've gotten to the point in my career where I'm usually not taking on new clients. So if you want to get a reading with me, you're part of this membership and I offer it to those folks. And then Mm -hmm. the same people, you can do a one-off session, but usually people, spend a few months or, you know, yeah. ongoing. Um, because it, I know that those people are doing the work right, to right. really appreciate the reading and they're yeah. trying to transform.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Um, so what other forms, um, after you came into contact with that mm-hmm. of, of magic, did you start to experience and/or practice?
1: So, um, it was first the reunion process and kind of at the same time tarot, mm-hmm. I really got into tarot and I had an instant knack for it. Um, and I remember one of my teachers saying, and I always hold this with, I think it's for everyone, but she said, you know, the cards always tell you the truth. Like mm-hmm. me specifically, like yeah. they don't, they always tell you the truth. And, um, I really started getting deep into tarot in the reunion process. And then also, I don't know if you'd call it magic, but um, gestalt therapy, it was a big part, like, uh, what is it called? It's called gestalt therapy, which Mm -hmm. is where it's sort of like the kind of therapy where you don't worry about the past or the future. You get in touch with what's happening right now. And it's very cathartic. So like you might throw a tantrum, Mm -hmm. you might, you know, have a, um, conversation with an empty chair with that is your father, you know, to help Mm -hmm. move through this energy, um, and then also at the time, uh, Buddhist studies was really interesting to me. So it's kind of like all of this stuff at once. Um, and then, but what really turned the corner into sort of like witch territory
0: <laughs> for yeah. me
1: was the ritual magic. So my husband, uh, while I'm doing all of like the tarot and energy work and that was sort of my, and then also I was at the time trance channeling and doing mediumship because I had this, um very abrupt awakening where I was in a group session. We're doing deep hypnosis work and I had a cyst on my wrist that I was going to have to get surgically removed. It was gross and big, uh, in that meditation, it miraculously disappeared, never to come back again. During the meditation. Yeah. During the hypnosis meditation session. That's fucking wild. It was (laughs) crazy. So I had a instantaneous healing. Now Mm -hmm. nothing like that has happened to me before or since, but Mm -hmm something happened and I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah. And then during that time I had like this experience where it felt like, so, I thought it was just like tripping, but like mm-hmm. uh, some, someone kind of like something, some, I don't know, opened kind of my skull and kind of was working on my brain. And It kind of sounded in my psychic sense, like someone's working under the hood of a car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, oh, I'm just hallucinating. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, pretty much I started hearing and seeing through my third eye, like all of these um angels, deities, yeah, guides, like all at once. Yeah. And so that was pretty intense. Um yeah, I was
0: gonna say it was <laughs>
1: <super> overwhelming. <laughs> it was super overwhelming. And um and that's why it's hard for me to teach people how to build their intuition because for me it was like healing work, healing work, healing work for probably five years straight, then boom, all turned on. Um, but people usually have a more gradual process. Yeah. Like, can you coach me through this? It's like, all I know to do is heal.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then for me, the lights turned on. Yeah. Um, but while I was doing this, my husband was doing some of this work alongside of me, but he really dove deep into more shamanism mm-hmm. and then also like occult magical practices. And mm-hmm. so he was really, and still is, like that's his primary modality. And so he started teaching me some of the rituals that he was learning and I it was probably now about four or five years ago I was very depressed very stuck uh, for months on end which is unlike me and luckily I wasn't beating myself up around it because I'd done enough work on myself to know you know something will come of this Um, and he gave me the road opener ritual which is in our book and I did it on the full moon with my fullest intention. I did it like my life depended on it. And I didn't even have a specific target for it. I just needed expansion. I needed to lift the depression. I just needed, just, I was so stuck. And
0: what did that entail? And what is, what do you mean by target?
1: So like with ritual magic, what we try to help people to do is, um, basically you are generating energy to direct At a, Mm -hmm. at a goal, a goal Mm -hmm. or a target. So like, so sometimes you'll do a ritual for something very specific, right? Like a very specific manifestation. Um, in this case with the road opener ritual, it's really an opportunity spell. So it can be a little more broad when you say I want opportunity versus I want this specific job. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. Yeah. And so what this ritual entails is, um, you have a black and white candle and you, the black candle represents the stuckness, the depression, and you, you kind of program it and you carve into it all of the feelings that you're experiencing or the energies that you're experiencing that you want to disappear, basically transmute. And then the white candle, um, you program into it through carving and you anoint it with oil, what you're trying to attract. So for me at that point, it probably said something like expansion, mm-hmm. freedom, you know, lightness. And then you set the candles up and you do a self-hypnosis practice where you look into the white candle and use the flame and you say, all my roads are opened. And then you look into the black and you say, all my blocks are unblocked. All my roads are opened. All my blocks are unblocked. And you go back and forth until the candles melt.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: for me, it takes a while. Like you've got to really, and you've got to, you've got to generate your, your will um, Mm -hmm. to like. I need help or I need this to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what I thought was super magical was that the black candle melted into just like a puddle. Mm-hmm. So it showed to me like all of the energies that I wanted just dissolved, but the white candle completely disappeared. There was not even a trace that so there was a candle there. It mm-hmm. melted and there was nothing left. And that felt like to me the universe actually received Pulling it the up the intention. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. Um, it was incredible. And so then within like seven days, um, the shop wasn't even, the shop was like a five-year plan within seven days. I had, uh, one of my clients overheard me talking about it. She offered me the seed money to open the store. And then within six weeks, I believe of that, of that ritual, the first version of modern mystic shop was open. And I haven't been depressed since really. Yeah. Like it you expanded. and so I was a believer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a believer. <laughs> and I have many, many experiences like this, as do our customers, because these this book is new, but these rituals, there are five of them in the book that we've been selling as individual kits for several years. And yeah. we get so many. Um I'm not I'm not special in that. Like you can do it too. I have so yeah. many customers that, that have amazing results.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Cause like (laughs) you even just kind of specifying, like looking at the candles at each one, uh, as you're doing that, you are marking such a deep level of intention towards Mm -hmm. like, not just, not just in the operation of like carving and you know, whatever, but in, it's like a, like a meditation. And I think a lot of times when we're trying to manifest things, people want stuff fast. And Mm -hmm. so they won't do the, there's actual physical work you can do uh to ingratiate or not ingratiate but like to to generate that energy uh, for sure, your manifestation—that's wild. So well, you put
1: um, you put yourself sorry to interrupt, but you put yourself into a hypnotic trance, right? And the benefit of that is you actually skip your conscious mind and you get it out of the way, so that you can clear out your unconscious and subconscious mind, which is really what magic is. In this case, I feel like is just removing the blocks to what's mm-hmm. already waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, we actually need to trance out in order to do that because we keep engaging the conscious mind that's sort of sabotaging mm-hmm. the the thing
0: now does it matter what color candles can someone just like get some candles at home and like carve them on there like does it matter
1: it does matter um in our book in our kit we give you black and white candles mm-hmm. black candles are really powerful because the reason why it matters is our psyche and collective consciousness assigns certain um energies whether we know it or not to different colors like mm-hmm. different representations the symbology and so part of ritual magic as we teach it is it's like a psycho spiritual endeavor. It's like the psychology and the energy. Yeah. And so, um, black is really great for removing blocks or for protection. Now we picked white because white can be substituted for anything. Mm -hmm. Any, so if you need a pink candle and you only have a white one, use the white candle, Mm -hmm. but then, um, as you get in the book, you'll see, it'll say, use a pink candle or the white candle in it provided mm-hmm. in this kit. Um, but I think Spectrum because of the psyche,
0: Yes. Yeah. Because the black would include all the colors. White includes mm-hmm. no colors. Um, there's a girl who I was watching on Instagram, and this may be a controversial question.
1: Yeah, um, ask but our- me
0: kind of our um, ideas of black and white, even within race, we have an etymology, there's this conditioning that black is bad and white is good and like all that. Like, do you have any uh, input about that? Cause when I asked about like, does the colors matter? Obviously on a spectrum basis, when you look through science and look at a rainbow, black is the amalgamation of all of the colors put together and white is the absence of it. So like, at least that's how I understand it on a spectrum level. Um, What is your input about that?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I would say in ritual magic, at least, black is a very, str- it's the strongest color. And mm-hmm. it's actually the, that, that you can pull up like power, protection, like, I, and and white is a little bit, I don't want to say less powerful, but the fact that you can, it does, it's not so solid, like it can mm-hmm. stand in for anything is kind of interesting. I've never actually thought about um, your question in terms of candle colors, but
0: mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to. I don't mull want to make it over. It about that. I was just like someone yeah, yeah. time, and I thought about That's that. Interesting. And I was like, That's very interesting etymolo- Etymologically,
1: yeah, I, I'm not sure, but um, but I do. I, I don't know. Like, I do know whether it's programmed or not. Our psyches. and This is some mm-hmm. some of the work that we're doing, right? Is unlearning. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, but our psyches do identify uh, certain uh, emotions, feelings, mm-hmm. and a lot of magic is. Generating the emotional energy to transmute yeah. with different colors. So like red for lust, yeah. pink for love, you know, yeah. green for abundance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know that as a photographer as well, um, because mm. like when I use photos that are you know black and white versus color or whatever, like I even have a visceral response to the color red that makes me feel angry. And mm. so, not that red is angry. Like I look great in red, but I don't never wear it. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, but Takes up too much energy, and so even in my house, my house is very like nude color and like very, um, you know, there's some black and white here and there, but like for for the most part monochromatic because it takes up too much energy to actually engage with yep. the rest of the colors, and so I can save more of my energy, whatever. So that, yeah, there is that's there is truth to that for sure. Sure. Um, so you did this spell, and then you just yes. the store. And then know. you know, like what else has happened since you started to really put in this uh this ritual magic into practice?
1: Yeah, I mean the, I, I use it very frequently. I mean, some of the most amazing, I mean, do you want to hear stories? Yes, do you want to hear like specific oh gosh? Yeah. Okay, this is this is one of the crazier stories is that the crazier the better. Okay. Uh I love ancestral work and I do feel like now that this book is a little is out into the world, I am understanding that um It feels like the primary function of this book is to help people connect with their ancestors. And it feels like from a woo-woo perspective, all of our ancestors are going to be pushing these books into the hands of the people because it's a way to, like, now you know how to connect with us. We've been waiting to help you. Um, And because I'm a medium, um, I can actually more easily engage with deceased loved ones. So it's really powerful for me. So I've maintained an ancestral altar for many years. And uh, you create these energy links and this conduit for your ancestors, awakened ancestors as we like to call them, to help you and intervene. They have the most skin in the game because part of our evolution is to rise our whole lineage. So as we transform, we lift up everyone frontwards and backwards in our lineage. So we had an opportunity to be on Good Morning America and feature one of our products. But part of it was that we had to have enough inventory to sell because they're like, we're going to put this out here. You're going to sell a shitload of these things. And so um, so what happened was I had a very short window. I did all of the earthly things, you know, to do to get this money, you know, ask, called your parents, you know, ask, you know, like called the bank, tried Mm -hmm. to do all this stuff and nothing, nothing, nothing was working. So I looked at my phone and I realized that the date we were supposed to be on the show was uh, December 17th. And that's my grandfather's birthday, the grandfather who is on the altar. And so it pinged me like, okay, you've got to ask grandpa. So I Mm -hmm. sat in front of the altar. I had like 24 hours left to make this happen. And I said, grandpa, If we are meant to be on Good Morning America on your birthday, you, you need to make this money happen. Um, And I let it go. Mm -hmm. So I leave the altar. We have this sort of intense conversation with Grandpa Meatball, is what I called him. He's my Mm -hmm. Italian grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) And I I go to get a massage at my friend's massage studio. She said, How are you doing? I said, Oh, just trying to make tens and tens of thousands of dollars fall out of the sky so I could be in Good Morning America. I go into my massage with another practitioner. She takes her client. I come out an hour later and she said, my client's gonna give you the money. I was like, that's what I said. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, my client overheard what you said to me. She asked me about it when we were in the massage and she's gonna give you the money. So she comes out, she's about my age. And she said, I've never met you before, but I've been a customer of your store for a few years. I really admire what you do. I have this sum of money that I've been asking the universe to send me, um, like a female business owner. Like I've wanted to use this money to help for this purpose. So how much do you need? How long do you need it for? And we made the transaction. Damn. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And so, so do I universe,
0: have- I need a down payment for a house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's how that goes. That's yeah. how that goes. And when you, I believe, especially when you, I, I was, it was almost like every day that I pour into this ancestor altar and building this relationship, it's like I put money in a bank and yeah. I was able to make the withdrawal instantly because mm-hmm. I had created that flow and that relationship. And I make them really strong in the 3D because I give them offerings. I give them, I clean their altar. I give them energy. So they're actually able to maneuver things here. Um, so that's that's a really outrageous, but I also use this ritual work. I mean, I believe it's in our book, the ritual for committed relationship. I believe that's how I met my husband, Brandon, who <laughs> we wrote the book together. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go more into that if you'd like. I mean, I've got dozens yeah. of
0: examples. Well, let's go backwards because you said something about putting energy into the altar. I want mm-hmm. to know more about the altar process. Now, currently I don't have what I would consider an altar. I have pictures of my grandparents around a bunch of crystals that I have in like one segment of my house. That's kind of an altar, but I don't put much energy into it. I don't dust it. Like I don't do anything with it. Um, but what is, what does that entail? Why is it put sure. energy into the, these things? Um, you know, what is it? observationally that the ancestors get out of having this specific space in your house? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so you kinda, I'm sure you do have an altar. If
1: you just like added one glass of water and a candle, you would have it. Um. First of all, if anyone's gonna do an ancestral altar, it's in our book, but I just wanna say like, uh, don't put any living people on your ancestral altar. No. Like we only, we only want this pictures of deceased loved ones and people who are actually in your lineage. So you don't want like a picture of your grandfather with his best friend who's not in your lineage, for instance. So just in case people are trying to do this on the fly. Do you need to cut
0: them out of the picture or can you just scroll them so they're not visible? No, take
1: them, yeah, take them, cut them out. I mean, I did to the degree, this is really savage, but I had a picture of my grandpa and my grandma, um, their wedding picture, and I didn't want my maternal grandmother on the altar, so I like cut it out, and it 's just my grandpa, and she is actually one of my ancestors, but it just felt like to me this is a space for my paternal grandmother and maternal grandfather, so
0: shit, I have the picture I have up as is, is my grandfather standing with my grandmother holding me yeah you 'd probably find a different picture out of
1: there, <laughs> or just find a different picture yeah. and you can keep that picture of you guys like near your bed or somewhere yeah. else, you know yeah. Yeah. if you want to make an actual altar. Yeah. Um, you would have a, and and I will say the two things that are optional are the photos are optional because there Mm -hmm. are people who don't know who their parents, their ancestors are. You know, you don't need to know, but if you do know, Mm -hmm. you put the photos, you can put something on there that you know, they'd like. So my grandpa loved baby Ruth's He was diabetic and we, on his dying day, you know, we would find these wrappers all over the house. So I, I put a baby Ruth candy bar You need a candle. Uh, We believe that the candles keep it warm. It like actually Mm -hmm. keeps the energy going. And then uh, an odd number of glasses of water. So one is fine. I do three. Mm -hmm. Water is sort of like a a conduit for spirit. Right. Electromagnetic energy. Yep. There you go. And so that, those are just the basics. And then like, I usually light some incense every so often. Um, and And it really gives them a place to anchor in the 3D. You also, Mm -hmm. if you'd like to place it in the northwest corner, that's the direction that's most amenable for ancestral connection. And then you don't want to put it anywhere that you would would not want your grandpa sitting and watching you. So like Mm -hmm. bedroom, bathroom, probably (laughs) probably not. The best places are like kitchens or mines in the dining room, communal family spaces. Mm -hmm. And it creates this and I call them, and, and this is not in the book, and my husband might use different language, but I see it as like energy links. Yeah. Like every day that you uh, give a little devotion to that ancestral altar, it's like creates a little link, a stronger tie. And why they care is because um we're we're trying to elevate all of our lineage and so you just happen to be the ancestor that's on the field right now Mm -hmm. and so the further and farther you go um because i believe that time and space is not linear it actually frees and heals the past generations and the future Mm -hmm. generations yeah so they want to help you also i would say almost every time if not every time you are one of your ancestors it's very common for you to rejoin your lineage to do the work yeah so there might be a past or future self that's helping. And I know, and this is another crazy story. If you have time, do you want to hear? Oh, we got time. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> well, um, and this is, this is how, like, I know that this stuff really works. And every time I tell this story, I do tear up. So who knows, maybe I will or won't, but last Christmas, my whole family was, um, at my sister-in-law's house, or my sister's in-law's house, which is about 45 minutes away from my live. They have this beautiful house, and we all just kind of camped out there cooking for a few days. And my dad got the idea to cook our family's uh, heritage dish. It was my grandmother's favorite dish called chicken paprikash. It's like a Hungarian dish. And the lore in our family is, if you want to marry someone, you cook them chicken paprikash, and they will propose to you. And it's worked. like <laughs> Every time, every time. Um, and so that's just sort of the lore of the dish. And yeah. so my dad had this crazy idea to take t- 10 people from this mansion, basically to my little bungalow house, 45 minutes away to cook this meal. We didn't have the ingredients. We had to pack them up. We don't have the pots and pans. We don't have the space, but I'm like, sure. Everyone mm-hmm. just come to my house. Mm-hmm. So I, my dad's teaching my sister how to cook the meal yada gada, yada. And I see out of the corner of my eye my grandmother sitting on my ancestor altar. Ooh. And I knew that she brought them here mm-hmm. because she wanted to engage with the family. Mm-hmm. And this, she like planted that idea. And this corner, this little corner in my house is where her energy is the strongest and where she can actually participate. Yeah. And it was just like so mind blowing to me. And I don't share this with my family because they don't necessarily have the similar ideas of what was happening. I'm sure they just think, Oh, we needed a change of scenery. But yeah. I know because I've built that relationship, I can feel her that mm-hmm. she was just like so happy and she brought them here so that she could actually experience it.
0: Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. It was so cool. You know, like there's so much, so, you know, growing up, um, you know, Christian or religious or whatever, there is so much of that stigma is still in foundational, like as spiritual as I am, that is like, that sounds like idolatry and, you know, like that sounds like worship sure. and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's so beautiful because like, and in my belief too, I'm a medium as well. And like, not a practicing medium, but I, I see and interact yeah. with them as well. And I just like, I know that they're not dead you know, like if the energy is not dead. And so they've just kind of like gone over to this other hill or in this other room essentially. Mm -hmm. And so we don't see them the same. And so our relationships with them even change. And so in a lot of ways, I'm closer to my grandmother in her passing than I have been in her actual life. And she follows me around, uh, most of the people who listen to this podcast, but she follows me around in um, lights. Like she'll make lights Mm -hmm. blink on and off, on and off, on and off. And it was really funny. I had a client the other day who we were talking Uh, through channeling with one of her grandmothers and then she sent me a message she was like holy shit like um Mm -hmm. you know last week my light when I came in my light was flashing on and off on and off on and off after I got back from the bathroom at 3 a.m and I was like that's some grandma shit like yes (laughs) saying that you're here and so knowing that you know like I know my grandmother she she like fucking loved gates and diet coke and so like I can bring, you know, barbecue in here and just let it sit Yeah, you know, (laughs) um, to get her closer to that. My grandfather really loved to garden and flowers and plants and stuff. So I should put some on my altar, but just to know, like, I like the idea that you can anchor their energy in your home and have them present. And like how, like that idea of like, you know, she wanted to be a part of this ritual with your family and, and bringing that into your home. I just think that's cool. Like it's the way we stay connected with them. And in the same way, also integrating our reincarnation with like, We Us being some of our own ancestors in some ways and how we're connected Mm -hmm. to that. I also love that you said that you don't necessarily need to know who they are. And like, um, because I have plenty of ancestors that we don't have like a lot of the lineage tracked through our Native American and or uh, African heritage, but I, I feel them quite often, yes. like as guides and, and, you know, kind of being in support systems. So, um, I like this. I like this a lot. This yeah, is what I want to like, bring into my own practice for sure. Um, now you said you manifested your husband in this way. Yeah. Let's hear it. People want to know so, about how to manifest love. Yeah,
1: lady. It's, you can do it too. This is sort of a ritual that I created before I even knew what ritual and spell work was. And I was, so this is how I know that I've been doing this a long time because. I just created it and it worked. And so we're offering it in the book. So we say to do it for 40 days. I then extended this ritual for like uh, six months and then a year. Yeah. So we say step one, there's practical magic, which is do not engage in any sort of dating, flirting, texting, whatever for the whole time you're doing the ritual mm. because it, it engages the energy of what you don't want. So like if right. you want a long lasting relationship and you're getting this like these hits off of these texts or flirting or apps or whatever, it's like two like two steps forward, one step back. So we're mm-hmm. trying to actually intercept a pattern. So this is really great, especially if you find yourself dating the same kind of person with a different mm-hmm. face basically, which is where I found myself. And so you light two candles, you have two candles, um, if they're love candles is even better. So if there's like rose or jasmine or things that, you know, kind of feel like evoke those resonances, but regardless, it could be any two candles and you infuse, you know, your energy in your hands with one of them to represent you and then the other one is to represent your future partner. You sit the candles down. I believe in the book we also have um we recommend that you bring a picture of a, of a butterfly. Uh, and I have mine actually sitting above my, that I used for this Mm -hmm. ritual. It's like a pin,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, a butterfly, because that represents love and transformation. And every day you light both candles, one for you, one for your future partner, hands on your heart, and you envision the flame in your sort of third eye. And don't get too stuck on like what the partner looks like, but just envision both of them sort of like coming to life as these figures And the prayer is that you're both basically doing the work that you need to be able to come see each other Mm -hmm. or meet each other. And you do this every day for 40 days. I did it for a year. I met my husband prior to this, but we were were like in the same sphere, but didn't really connect. Uh, About 10 months in, I could tell he was wanting to date me, but I was like so into this. I'm doing this for a year. So it was like, nope. But then Mm -hmm. afterwards, we wound up dating, and then shortly thereafter, getting engaged and married. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How fast was that process? I mean, within a year we were engaged, and then we weren't engaged for more than a year.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So so, I mean, it's pretty fast, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cool. Here we are. (laughs) So that was that was a quick version of it. But all of these rituals that we put in this book are are rituals that we use. Like Mm -hmm. when I was doing my wealth altar. For the book, mm-hmm. it was the ritual that was in the book. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, I'm not giving yeah. you like the B sides. <laughs> 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 I'm giving you guys, we're giving you the work that we do to get to, to do some of this, um, this transformation work in our lives.
0: Yeah. So I have the book in my hand and I, I think yes. I feel like you guys should know, first of all, it's, it's beautifully and wonderfully made. And I love, like, I have a really weird thing about page texture. Oh, it's nice texture. <laughs> it's super nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I was little, I was like, used to like, you know, bitch at my mom when we go to the library and I'm like, I don't like these pages. And the pages would have mm. that kind of like paper mache texture and yeah. they weren't super, they weren't white and I'm dyslexic. So like I learned later, that's oh. why I didn't like them. But, um, she, she would be like, what is your deal? Like with the pages, <laughs> they'd be a certain texture. Anyway. Um, super, super nice book. And I'm like looking up, you know, like setting up the wealth altar and how this is like, um, it's, there's so many instructions. So guys, like this is not like, not the B sides at all. This is, there is like a pretty, I would say it's intense for the first, for the amateur person. Um, but it's cool because it's like, you're getting into the very real practice of something. Um, Say it's thorough. It's (laughs) thorough. There you go. Sorry, that's a better word. I don't mean like negative connotations. I mean in the most awesome way possible. Yeah. Um. It's very, very intentional, and it you know it talks about the way you need to breathe and what you visualize and how you sit and what you sit in front of and sign your name to three bills and like you know it has like a lot of those things in it which are are really to me are fun. Like Mm -hmm. there's a there's a an essence of play when you get to be like more practical in making this experience happen, which puts yes. you into practice.
1: As, um, especially the one, there's a ritual to obtain space. So if you want to buy, if you want a house or you want a, a new office or whatever, and you actually make a model out of a box, you know, it, it, that's the whole ritual is yeah. like you make the model in these figurines and you, that's the energy. Everything that we do is layering energy. Um, yes. And it's, it is fun. And it's real fun when you, when the results come in, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, I participated in this and it came to fruition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, tell me like, so in, inside of the book, um, it's package thing, which is kind of cool. Um, you have the candles, you have the book, you have cedar wood oil, and then what are these? Sandalwood. Oh yeah, sandalwood
1: incense. This is sandalwood. <laughs> sandalwood incense cones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: Okay. Cool. Sorry, I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, um, yeah. So so fun. So like, what is your favorite spell? Oh, I would. I
1: mean, I already talked about it, but I would say the road opener is my favorite actual mm-hmm. spell because it worked. I just have such fond memories of it. So I I always. Re- If you don't know where to start, we actually say in the introduction, if you don't know where to start with the actual spell work, that's a great one just to start out because it just sort of like clears the deck and just blows out of the way anything that's, it's it's anything that blocks your road. That's why it's called a road opener. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like people get amazing results very quickly. And if you're not exactly sure what you want to create, this is just removing obstacles, boom, boom, boom very um, systematically through the ritual steps. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then generally the practices that I love the best is the ancestor chapter. And
0: I think that's not something you're going to find in most spell books actually. Oh yeah, I would agree. The ancestor one is that what appeals most to me because especially as a medium and someone who connects to that type of energy, that's something I'm like, yeah, like how do I get like in better contact with those people and help further push forward and, and, and bring mm-hmm. to more, you know, fruition. We always kind of think in a, in a sense of a manifestation, but I also like, just like the idea of connection.
1: Yes, well, you just said it, oh my goodness. So what we consider there are five essential keys to ritual and connection is the number one. Mm-hmm. It's connection to yourself, connection to your ancestors, connection to to spirits or cosmic energies. That's the whole purpose of, in my opinion, being human. (laughs) It's Mm, like the whole is connection, but that's really what we're reaching for. This is a sort of step-by-step on how to connect. Mm
0: -hmm. It's
1: the first step to ritual is connection. And we, we talk about that.
0: Yeah. What are the other four?
1: It's connection, um, energy. So like actually generating energy, alchemy, which is transmuting from one thing to another, um, insane belief. So, like, mm-hmm. part of this is like, there's no other outcome but this. And then the last is surrender. So, being able to trust in the work that you did and release it and letting it go. I just got chills with the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing, work. oh, it is.
0: Yeah, I was like, That's it, I was like, mm. and then you just must yeah, have I just
1: yeah. <laughs> I just got chills <laughs> with that one. Thank you. I'm <laughs> feeling you. Um, yeah, surrender. And from you know, we think there's not no there's no right or wrong way, right? But mm-hmm. this. This book is our experiences in teaching, and those are five elements. So when someone says, like, my ritual is not working, why not? It's like, okay, go back and see mm-hmm. did you how you did with these five
0: things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important because I think that sometimes we, when we do things, Say, it's not even something people would consider a ritual, but even in their manifestation practice, whatever that looks like, which is usually ritual, guys, usually. Um, (laughs) Call it what you want, but it's kind of a ritual. Um, I decided I'm going to take a bath and I'm going to turn on candles or whatever. That's a ritual. Um, Yes. So, you know, but that they don't believe, you know, they don't ultimately surrender to what that is and that they don't trust themselves. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I think it's important. I love how, like, you're just so inclusive and making it you know it's for everyone that everyone can participate in this everyone has access to this this is not something special and you don't have to be a psychic medium in order to be able to connect Mm-mm. to this like this like you can do it too um which is a big big proponent i talk about on my show because it's like we all have these abilities we have all have and deserve this connection yes with our ancestors with ourself with our ability to manifest in our little hologram here of earth and <laughs> mm-hmm. we want to interpret that so what would you say is kind of like the deepest principle of being a witch. I would
1: say neutrality. I would say neutrality and being able to approach your spiritual practice, your life in the center at that zero point of the polarity in which we live and understanding that neutrality, that there's respect to be paid to the light and the dark. There's work to be done in the light and the dark and the more neutral and the more you can hold and resonate in that neutral space, the less you're going to be yanked by the polarities of the environment, you know, the the societal issues and things that are going on and then your own internal polarity movement. Because I think neutrality is the highest place of power and potency and effectiveness with your activism, with your relationships, with your spiritual practice. I think that's, that's a, and that's what I'm striving for. And I, that's, that's my personal work. So other people would probably have different opinions, but that's, that's what I'm constantly trying to, it's hard. It's very hard (laughs) to recalibrate into that, that space. It doesn't mean that you can't get fired up about things, you know, or, or, take action but I feel like it's when you get to the sense of that that neutral space those actions that you're taking are going to be
0: aligned and impactful hmm and not reactive right like i I love that concept too from also the perspective of what you said loving the light and the dark um understanding the light and the dark the the shadow and the light I think in even, even in unquote unquote witchy terms when people are talking about healing and they're like, I just want to get to the light. I want to be a light worker. I want to be this. I want to be that. And it's like, nah, brah, like you literally have to go into the shadow and not to fix it. To like, you know, yes, we're trying to heal those things, but you have to love all of it. Like it's a holistic thing in that essence of neutrality. So I think that's a beautiful message. <sighs> that's a great we question. So many <laughs> things. Thank you. Um so before we go, what's, yes. what's a lasting impression you'd like to leave on our audience? I would
1: say that I feel like now more than ever, uh, your intuition and discernment is not a luxury item. Mm-hmm. It's something that's a necessity to help you navigate through whatever's coming. And I don't know what's coming. This year has been crazy. My gut is telling me it's not going to let up anytime soon.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: to uh, to really harness and, and get clear and, and and follow the practices that get you most clear, most intuitive, so that you can navigate whatever's coming with your own discernment and not, like I was saying, get pulled um, in, in either direction. I think it's now a matter of almost survival in a way. I hate to be fatalistic, but like, I'm so grateful that I've had you know, a decade or more of, of honing these skills, I thought, and I did kind of think they were a luxury, like, oh, it's pretty cool that mm-hmm. I'm extra good at marketing because I'm psychic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a fun thing. Yeah. Um, but really I've learned this is the way of the future and this is how we're going to move, move forward together. So that would be my double down, whatever practices get you more clear,
0: more intuitive and, and stronger discernment. Beautiful. I love it. Like there are so many new practices I'm going to start integrating Mm. in my life now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'll get you in one of my lunation sessions. I'll send you a link so you can try it out to see if you like it.
0: That'd be super fun guys. I hope you like deeply listened to everything that she had to say today. And we're getting ready to go over to Patreon and just have a little Mm. bit of fun over there with some fun questions and stuff that are, you know, For Halloween. Um, But before we go, actually, so we're doing a giveaway on my Instagram um, for the book Spells for the Modern Mystic, a ritual guidebook and spell casting kit. So if you go over to my Instagram right now, there will be a post that we just posted. I haven't made the terms as of yet since while we're recording. (laughs) Um, But go find that post on Instagram to be able to enter to win that giveaway. Um, And then join us at Patreon to hear a little bit more about Kelly's story. Again, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Make sure to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode and share this episode with someone you love. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I think it's super fun to learn about spells and stuff. So anyway, uh, let's move into our weekly wisdom. All right. So the card that comes up is the community card. And the community card is about, you know, taking inventory about who is in your life and who is making you feel expanded versus who is making you feel contracted. Looking at your friendships and taking inventory of your family relationships is an important process to your growth and understanding, uh, you know, what connections and relationships are important to you. And not only which ones are important to you, but which ones are ones that are no longer sustaining or contributing to your life in some kind of way. I think this one's a hard topic because often we feel a particular type of obligation to people we've had history with. But if you're friends with a lot of people who you just have history with, but are not going in the direction that you're going, remember that you are most like the five people you hang around the most. And so be considerate of are these the type of people that I want to be around and who are going to contribute to my growth, contribute to the aspects in which I'm trying to dream? Are they supportive? Are they connected? Or are they people that, you know, make me feel bad about myself or um, squash my dreams or make me feel in some ways super drained when I'm around them? So, take consideration of that and and taking inventory and how does your community support you or make you feel quite frankly unsupported. Uh, That's our weekly wisdom for the week. I hope you guys have an amazing one and we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, buy me at the to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.